0: Hello, fam, and welcome back to Being Human is Weird. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. Today, Carrie and I are going to be talking about February and the fact that it is National Cancer Prevention and Heart Health Month. We're going to just do a broad overview on healthy lifestyle, and please keep in mind throughout all of this that even though we do seem like it, we in fact are not medical professionals or doctors of any kind. Carrie, what in your professional but not medical doctor opinion are a couple of the most important things that we can do to help live long, healthy, heart attack and cancer-free lives? Eating healthy,
1: moving regularly, having regular checkups at your doctor. These are all things that we should be participating in to set ourselves up for a long and healthy
0: life. Of course, there are more nuances to this as well. You mentioned healthy eating first, and that's probably the most difficult of all of them, because like you said, the information is so conflicting any resources that you look at. If you Google, um, are eggs healthy, you're going to find the top article says one thing, and the second article says something else. And if you refresh that page, they're just going to swap. Yep. So it's, it's really tough to do. So What would you say a good focus is maybe for somebody who's new to healthy eating or has only ever done fad diets or crash diets in the past, thinking that that was the only
1: route? We are not a fan of the overall diet mentality. Like Abby is saying, the fad diets, the detoxes, all of that stuff in any way, shape or form. And I do want to jump in or jump back real quick and say, Abby and I were just talking about how nutrition really is a reductionist science. It is looking at certain elements of food when your diet and nutrition is so much more than the amount of vitamin A in spinach. Mm -hmm. The way that food interacts within its own chemical structure of that spinach leaf, but also are you serving it with tomatoes? How are you preparing it? How are you enjoying it among friends and family or shoving it down your mouth as quickly as you can while eating at your desk. So this is all part of healthy eating, which is why I said there's nuances. But the absolute best place to start, in my opinion, is the MyPlate resources on the government websites can be a great place to start. I don't entirely agree with everything there, but it's a great place to start. And really focusing on getting your food from actual food sources, whole food,
0: um, rather than processed. I think it's important to note that things that would have, quote unquote, a junk food label would be what we're referring to when we say processed foods. Things that normally would be considered junk food, filled with sugar, filled with artificial flavorings, colors, things like that. Things that our bodies are not meant to or used to digesting and processing. Things that give you acne and a stomach ache are what we're talking about. (laughs) Michael Pollan
1: is a very well-established food journalist. And in one of his books, he wrote out a list of rules. And I don't remember them all off the top of my head, but I know that his top rule was, if your great-great-grandmother would not recognize that as a food, you don't probably need it in your body because your body won't recognize it as food either.
0: Mhm. Yeah, you're right. And you know, I was just having this <laughs> conversation with my friend on a walk, talking to him about um how our grandparents or great-grandparents lived to be 90 and why things are so different now and he was asking me about, well, did they farm their own animals? And I thought, yeah, that's a great point. My grandma made all of the baked goods that they had in the house and things were not so highly processed or mass produced. And they had the animals in their backyard. So she cooked with lard, but it was lard from a pet that she, hopefully not a pet, lard from (laughs) an animal that she had. So it's just different now. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that we have to be so much more mindful and so much more careful. But I think something that's important for us to remember is it's going to take some practice at the start, because we're so used to a certain way of living. But once you get into a new routine, it just becomes the norm for you. You find things in the store that are still quick and convenient. And funny enough,
1: Abby and I were just talking about this in our meeting before we started recording about um a specific chip brand. I am a chip fiend, you guys. That is my biggest love, love in my life. are chips and dip. but <laughs> <laughs> I will say, As I've transitioned into healthier or just better options for chips, still not healthy. The bigger brands that I used to enjoy as a teenager or 20s now taste fake to me because they are, it's all fake flavors. And as Abby was saying, it'll take time. You're tongue, your responses to food really does change. So if you give it time, all of a sudden real food can taste so much better and more vibrant than that processed junk food. Mm -hmm. And I think reducing added sugar is certainly something anyone would recommend Mm -hmm. in the nutrition or dietary world. Um, That does not mean that sugar is the enemy, but reducing that added sugar that's just stuck in things for why, why is there sugar added to my bread? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why? It, it doesn't belong everything. there. It's yeah. in yeah. And if you start reading labels and looking out for it, you might be shocked if you haven't previously done
0: that, paid attention to it. Reducing sugar. We as Americans eat, uh, I think the scientific studies show that we eat 3000 times more in a day than we need to. Um, so just reducing added sugar, like Carrie's saying, and that doesn't come from fruit. Fruit's not going to kill you. Um, But you really can't overeat vegetables. If one thing in your diet changes, just add in more vegetables. You don't have to eliminate anything else, but it does tend to kind of crowd out other things. If you make any type of vegetables, kind of the star of the show,
1: Yes, love the add-in versus focusing on eliminating or depriving yourself of something. That is huge if you can crowd it out like Abby said. And we do not have children, but we hear you parents like I can't get my kid to eat these vegetables. Mm-hmm. There's so many great resources online to sneak in vegetables like into sauces. Get creative. We will also suggest some people to follow in the nutrition world, but Just wanted to make a couple more points along the healthy eating so we can move along. Reducing added sugar also could look like reducing alcohol intake, reducing or stopping smoking, finding the right recipes or what relates to your family, I think is a great step in addition to adding in. And some of the people we love are Mark Hyman. Darren Olean. I really love Shane and Simple um, for recipes. That's a blog and it's primarily vegan, but you can add in the protein of your choice or the cheese or dairy of your choice. If that doesn't appeal to you, you can look at the recipe and adapt it to what you
0: need. What are some accounts or people that you love, Abby? I love Cat Can Cook i like love and lemons i like eating bird food all of these <laughs> sound so bad but they have really great recipes and it just kind of teaches you the basics once you learn from these and you try some of the recipes it's becomes automatic and you just start doing your, your own thing in the kitchen next we have healthy movement and i'm gonna let abby take the lead here because she is our movement queen <laughs> ooh, ooh. the cdc recommends that 150 minutes of activity a week are 75 minutes of vigorous activity. So 150 minutes of, I guess, probably moderate would be walking at a decent pace or doing some sort of movement outside of your normal daily activity. And then 75 minutes of vigorous, something where you can hardly talk Mm -hmm. while you're doing it. Yep. So most of us fall into the 150 minute of moderate activity. We think about, okay, I can do a half hour a day. I can do three 10 minute segment, whatever it is, but that's on top of normal daily movement. So it is really important that we get up every few hours and move our bodies. It doesn't have to be for an extended period of time, but the amount that we as Americans sit and lay down and do nothing is not going to be reversed by a 30 minute walk in a 24 hour period. Yeah. There's a lot of
1: places that are saying sitting is the new smoking. If you've seen that, I think that's a little extremist, but the point stands that a hard workout in a day does not erase the eight hours of not moving at all on top of your eight hours
0: of not moving while you sleep. So Mm -hmm. just, yeah, something to keep in mind, as long as you're getting up and just kind of stretching or moving or getting things going, getting your your blood flowing a little bit, that's perfect. You don't need to get up and do 50 jumping jacks and 25 push push-ups, but getting up and walking to get water and just shaking out a little bit. Beyond anything else, find
1: a movement that you actually enjoy, not that you're suffering through and you dread every day. But like Abby said, just taking a walk and walking has proved so beneficial. And more and more studies are coming out every single week and month that say, Walking is one of the best forms of exercise, so don't hold yourself to those 5 a.m. CrossFit classes if that's not your passion. And if it is, then do it. Love it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, if you are on social media or you know you spend time online and want to feel inspired, some people that we love in that world, um, for me, Beth Alexander, I think is fantastic. Just a bundle of Positivity and motivating, but also will hold you to things, not just oh, everything's fine. Um, and Tiffany Crookshank with Yoga Medicine is a fantastic resource just on how to move your body more mindfully and healthfully. And who do you love, Abby?
0: I would say that next to potato chips and walking, that Sydney Cummings is my passion. <laughs> I love her. She's not just a ray of sunlight. She's the entire sun. I just love her so much. But something I would recommend for people to do is Google someone who's been in the position you're in and is is living kind of a future life that you would like, somebody that you consider a role model, or look up weight loss influencers and follow some of those Instagrams and get rid of the people in your social media that make you feel intimidated, make you feel less than or self-conscious, and get more on people who inspire you. So if you're someone who walking seems like, oh my God, I would rather die than go for a 15-minute walk, I wouldn't recommend jumping right into these fitness freak accounts and just saying, yeah, in six months, I'm going to look like that. I'm going to be like that. Maybe you will, but it's going to be a lot easier to tag along on someone's journey who you have something in common with or what they're doing seems more realistic yep. than someone who's, you know, a bodybuilder that sniffs a banana to get a sugar fix. type of
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> also getting regular checkups and knowing your family history are two huge things. So mammograms, paps, colonoscopies, lung screens, especially if you were a smoker, smoker or grew up with family members who smoked getting those heart biomarkers so blood tests ecgs visiting the dermatologists wearing sunscreen every day keeping an eye on moles um really just
0: those checkups right mm-hmm. it's so funny that we started off with so nutrition is arguably going to be the most time consuming of all of these things and then working out and those are two things that every person says i need to be better i need to be better All of us need to be better with going to the doctor. It is so important to get these tests done and to get these, like you're saying that the biomarkers, the blood tests, because you may feel a certain way, but if your family history is riddled with heart disease, it does not matter how healthy you are or how well you're taking care of your body. Some of those things are hereditary and you just need to go to the doctor. Yep. And you talking about that reminds
1: me that my dad is a big advocate for knowing what's normal for you, which I love. So going to the doctor every year, getting those labs and knowing where your normal lies is almost more important than knowing what the industry standards of a healthy range are.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, Carrie and Carrie's dad. It's uh, it's all individual. So um, you mentioned earlier the importance of knowing your family history, but moving along something else that we suck at doing is sleeping
1: and that's huge for our health it kind of all starts with sleep because if we don't get a good night's sleep you are less likely to move you are less likely Mm -hmm. to eat well you are not a happy person usually so sleep is huge and us putting it as we're winding down does not mean it doesn't mean so much to us we will dive into sleep a little bit more in future episodes, but please know that it it's very impactful, and we know that it's a struggle for a lot of people,
0: mm-hmm. us included. Yep. <laughs> Something else that goes unnoticed or is very underrated as stress management. All of us are stressed. I mean, we're we're still living in a pandemic for going on three years, and it's changed everybody's lives and made things worse on top of stress we are already experiencing. And I know for myself, if I don't keep it under at least a little bit of control, I am not myself. And all of these other things, except for my family history of heart disease um, is affected. Yeah.
1: Seeking out coping strategies or management strategies for that stress is Very important. And it's again, lifelong. You're not going to meditate once and be stress free for the rest of your life. So figure out these practices that help you manage your stress because it's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's (laughs) Uh, exactly it. Yeah. And again, we will dive deeper into all of these topics um, coming up in future episodes. But to do a quick recap of this episode today healthy eating. Whatever that might look like for you, healthy eating is maybe just a little bit healthier at one or two meals per week right now. But what can you do to eat a little bit better for your body? Um, Getting in movement. The goal is that 150 minutes of moderate activity per week. So where can you start to get a little bit closer to that? Getting regular checkups. If you have been putting it off, this is your sign to schedule those appointments now Get in, get checked, know your family history, be prepared to talk about that and look back at your previous biomarkers to compare how you're doing physically, knowing that sleep and stress are so important. What can you do for yourself to help improve both of those aspects of your life?
0: Thank you for that summary, Carrie. And I think if there's anything um, for people to really focus on, it's just checking in with yourself and Making sure that you are keeping these things at least a little bit under control or getting if you're even thinking about these things that's a step in the right direction so tomorrow you're not going to wake up and be stress free after a nine hour night of sleep eating only vegetables. Um, But just starting to consider changing these things is um, a huge leap in the right direction so get a great night of sleep and we'll see you later. <laughs> if you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share all of those things that the kids are doing, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at being human is weird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you, so slide right into our DMs with questions,
1: comments, and what you'd like to hear more of.